Hey, it's Tim here. Thanks so much for coming over to check out my new podcast, The Big Mouth. Before we get into today's episode, got a big favor to ask you. It's going to mean the world to me if you leave a star rating, you comment on the episode or share it with your friends. It'll help me out and help get The Big Mouth out there. Hope you enjoy today's episode. We hear a lot about living with confidence. You know, the kind of life that oozes out powerful energy of someone that loves themselves. And I'm not talking about the pretend confidence that we put on when we enter a social event or the kind that you sometimes put out to the world when you share a glossed up version of your life online. We're really just masking our own insecurities when we do that. I'm talking about the real positive kind of self-love, the confidence of acceptance of yourself. It sets you free from worrying about what other people think about you, but not in a delusional way where you live in your own kind of reality bubble where you think that the world can't touch you. No, I'm talking about the courage where you face your shit and you deal with it and you're set free from yourself and you give your best self to those around you. I'm talking about that kind of self-love. We're big on that here at The Big Mouth and my guest today is all about that too. Heidi Anderson, she's a successful radio and TV personality And she has a new book out next week called Drunk on Confidence. It's an inspirational read for anybody needing a reminder that they are beautiful and you are enough just as you are. If you feel like a misfit in a world full of pretenders, then I want to be your friend. Join me each week on the journey of not giving a fuck. So stop trying to fit in and stand out. You don't need to be perfect. You just need to get real. This is The Big Mouth with Tim Dormer. Subscribe now for free to make sure you don't miss out on an episode. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. She's on a mission to empower women to expose themselves so that they can build their confidence. Heidi, it's just such a joy to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Like I said, I do feel privileged. I get to be interviewed by my buddy. Well, you kind of set me off on this podcast journey. I've got to say, if anyone missed out the episode where I came on your um, podcast, Champagne Confidence, uh, was sort of the beginning of the Big Brother going back to air this year and you invited me on and it was sort of my first chance of telling my story, filling in the gaps of my life of finding my own confidence again. Mm. So you've been a real inspiration to my journey. So it's, it's great to have you come on my podcast and tell us about yours. Well, thank you. And I know like you were so vulnerable. And I think for those who, you know, have followed you from the radio days to the TV journey to, you know, going over to Canada and everything, they probably thought that you were this 
you know, living this great life and, you know, you had all these things that were amazing going on, but you were on like a real um, downer after the show, Mm. actually, like Mm. me. And I think we didn't even talk about it. And so I think for you to be able to talk about publicly how you were truly feeling and that helped you on your journey is, you know, exactly what my mission is. And, but it's, it's me telling my story. You start the book off sort of saying that you not that long ago were the life of the party, the loud, funny, opinionated one. Everyone thought you were oozing with confidence. Yeah. But you kind of opened the book up with the raw truth that you were oozing confidence most of the time because you were boozing, you were boozed up. And and that this was a habit that you were using to kind of mask the feelings of anxiety and self-loathing and not to mention that they would kind of compound with a hangover after a weekend of partying. (laughs) But it's, it's a journey that a lot of us have been on, I guess, and whether it was the last few years of COVID kind of wanting we were questioning we want more out of life and and starting to look at ourselves and some of our habits I know I did that yeah a lot of people listening can you talk us through that period of your life and and realizing that that habit wasn't sustainable or self-serving like it wasn't actually helping you no but I thought it was and this is the thing there was many habits there was smoking there was drinking there was pill popping there was sleeping with men um you know and there was there was probably about 10 years where I wasn't the Heidi that you get today and I'm still a work in progress like I want people to know that like I'm no fucking expert on confidence I have nailed it in some areas of my life and then I'm really still struggling in others but there's a beautiful ripple effect when you start to nail it in the different areas of your life but I was the girl who was always the loudest in the room like you said I'd walk into the room well on big brother like fuck I'm here bitches but then I was probably the one that had the most fucking insecurities that was had so much shit going through my head at the time and so I would look forward to having a couple of drinks at the end of the night just to calm me to calm the noise in my head Mm. you know all the questioning Mm. the judgment and so when that when I start this book like I start my life in London and that's where I really really unleashed the anxiety monster because of cheap pills sleeping around and so I would I literally would sleep with one to two guys on a weekend, you mm. know, and and that I truly thought was building my confidence mm. because in the moment I felt like they really liked me and they weren't, you know, um, that it wasn't about my looks anymore and this and that. And like, I, I, so I was doing this really like, you know, the same kind of um, partying every single weekend. Mm. And when I came back from overseas, I was just a shell of a human. Yeah. And that was when I was diagnosed with anxiety in 2000 and nine but I just thought going to 10 sessions with my (laughs) with my psych that I was then fixed and what I didn't realize was you know I still had all of these thoughts going on in my head and then I went got into radio (laughs) as you know Tim a lot of people have opinions of us when we put ourselves out there and so but I I genuinely thought that I was confident like that's the honest truth I truly believed that I was confident but it was being masked in all these different areas. And then the people that were close to me saw, you know, the crippling and debilitating anxiety that I had. Like sometimes I would get dressed 20 times before I would go out. You know, I would keep my arms covered in in summer. And, uh, you know, if I'd speak on the radio, I would spend weeks 
going over in my mind, like, should I have said that? Shouldn't I have said that? Like, in, and if yeah. there was a comment and so, yeah, it was, it was really dark. And I think when we, you and I did big brother together, that was probably really, honestly, if I look back now and reflect, it was probably a, a bad time for me to actually do right. it. You know what yep. I mean? Like now I'd go in there and be a completely yeah. different person. Yep. And, you know, I think that I, yeah, I put, I was such a performer um, when I was drunk, you know, behind the mic that mm. it was this false kind of, um, you know, confidence. And yeah. I was just really questioning everything about myself 24 seven. You talked in the book about going on big brother. That was sort of 10 years ago. Now, 2013 was when your anxiety went public. Yeah. And I guess that's, it's, was the total opposite situation for me that I felt um, it was a really freeing time where I was on TV and maybe I was a little bit more naive about, I don't know, but it really saddened me to hear your story a few years on that that was a really hard and challenging experience for mm. you. And I, I think it's really wonderful that we both had very different experiences of it, but that we bonded and now later on have kind of, wound up at the same place, I guess, where <laughs> yeah. it's funny how life works. <laughs> oh my God. I'm getting so emotional because it was when I left the big brother house, like I couldn't have been more happy and excited mm. because the mirrors that I was surrounded with every single day of were just my voices in my head were getting louder and louder wow. and louder. And I never spoke about this, but I just no. started seeing Griffo just before I went in. I mean, I spoke about him a shitload in there, as you can yeah. probably remember, it was new love. They never aired any of that. But I kept thinking, and this is something I've never, ever shared with anyone. I kept thinking that his friends and family were like, why the fuck would he be with that fat one? And that oh. literally played on my mind all the time. And like I said, I never shared that with anyone yeah. yeah and that was one of the voices in my head that was really really loud yeah and that was what I couldn't let go of that yeah. how fat I would look on camera and what his family and friends would think you talk about these negative voices in your head I loved it in in the book you, you talk about them being like mean girls that yeah. um what you had any <laughs> any the anxiety monster negative Nelly yeah. self-loathing Sally Polly the people pleaser all these mean girl voices in your head. And what are some of the things that you used to tell yourself? Oh, it was, you know, that you'll only be successful when you're skinny, that, um, you know, you fat fuck, you're so fucking disgusting. I would call myself a cunt all the time. Like in a, now I'd say cunt in a really loving, endearing way. <laughs> but yeah. um, I would say like these really strong negative things to myself. And, you know, when I came out of Big Brother, you know, a producer said to me, you weren't who we thought you were going to be in there. Oh. And now me, Heidi, I would be like, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah. that's triggering the fuck out of me. Like, what do you mean? How, of course I wasn't like, I had all this shit going on in my head. And, mm. but you know, at the time that spiraled into like, told you you were never going to be successful. Mm. You were never mm. going to win. Like all of the negative mm. self-doubt imposter syndrome, you know, um, voices got really loud just by one thing that was said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's something that I, I've dealt with in my life and everybody listening, we all have that inner sabotage voice in our heads. What advice do you have to sort of realise that that's not who you are or that that's that's a lie? Like 
how did you silence those voices or change the relationship to make them positive? Oh, it's taken a lot of work and it's been 10 years. And so that's pretty much what my book is about. Mm. So it starts off where I shed my shit on the radio and I talk about, yeah. you know, in Bunbury when I was on regional radio in Western Australia. So this is in 2012, the year before I did Big Brother. And I was sitting there and I saw this girl, Stella, online. And, you know, it was when Facebook was just getting famous and everyone mm. was starting to go viral. And she was a bigger girl and she had all these beautiful tiger stripes all over her belly and she was um you know she was getting absolutely slaughtered online because she was like I am confident in who I am and I'm happy with this and I don't need your opinions and I was like fuck I want Stella's strength and I started talking about this on the radio and that was when everything just came out my mouth Tim because I got into radio to be the funny fat girl in quotation marks I was always you know the one being silly that mask was on Mm. and for the first time these listeners that were listening in saw the real Heidi. I told them I wasn't as confident as you think that I am. I told them that I hated actually what I see in the mirror and I shed all that shit on the radio. And that was the very first fucking step for me. And that's the one that I truly believe is the most powerful. So much a thing of like just being vulnerable. Honestly, that's the first step. And then, you know, as I always kind of talk about like exposure therapy, exposing myself that, you know, Mm. feeling the fear and doing it anyway, going on Mm. Big Brother or doing a radio show or standing up on, you know, talking in keynote, I started Mm. to challenge these voices and I started to become friends with these mean girls and they still arrive. Like I was actually like, Today I had, you know, some mean girls in my head, but they don't last long. Now I just acknowledge mm. them. I'm like, yeah, thanks for coming. Like, yeah. you know, and then I'm down the beach and I, I'll think about something else. And I, I think about my gratitude and what I'm thankful for. And, you yeah. know, it's it's literally been a journey for 10 years. But I think the very first step is like owning your shit and shedding it, like actually being open yeah. about it. Yeah. And then like understanding that we do have voices in our head. Because I guess a lot of people identify with their thoughts and they don't realize that sometimes those thoughts are are really not self-serving they're they're quite they're they're hurting you and and it's quite powerful where you do sort of face them head on and and like you said shed your shit it's about unpacking the baggage that you kind of are carrying around these emotional stuff you, you do have to get a bit real with yourself and sit down and, and sort through some stuff that, I don't know, you just, if there's this voice that you just keep listening to every day, you never stop and say, hey, who are you? Are you actually me? Why am I still carrying this this same negative record playing in my head? That yeah, people and- don't realise they have the power to actually change that. Right. And we have the choice. And this is the thing. So many of the stories that I had going around in my head were other people's stories, were media's story, were marketing telling me that I needed to look a certain way. Yeah, Boys that I'd hooked up with, like there's a chapter in there where I talk about where I really meet self-loathing Sally and I talk about my first kiss. And again, like I, when I think about this, I think like, was that me? I feel so sorry for me. But I kissed this boy. I still remember what I was wearing, my little sports girl t-shirt. I had yeah. trucky pants on. And it was like, yeah, about to have this pash, pash this guy, like fully French style. And then when I walked away, they were like, aha, you kissed the fat one. Oh. And so it was in that moment that I had this joyful moment. And then self-loathing Sally was like, 
there's that validation, Heidi, told you so. So, so much of my life from there was like, told you so, told you so. So it's society, right? And I guess the thing too, which I really want people to understand as well is I had these voices that really affected my life, but I also was the voice to someone else. And there's a chapter in there where I apologize for being a mean girl. Yep. I I was going to ask you about that. Making peace with your past, you call it. Yeah. Like, because I actually got, and I haven't spoke about this on my podcast yet. So, um, this is an exclusive, (laughs) um, but I actually got a message from a, a tr- I will say a troll yeah. that went to high school with me yeah. and just recently, and they didn't say their name. They said they didn't want to, but they were doing this to out of the goodness of their heart. But they said I needed to own my shit. And if I was telling people to shed their shit that I needed to, you know, wow. to talk about this, I wanted to talk to her. Like, I mm. want to talk to you. I am fucking sorry for if I have affected your life in some way by something that I've said, like that isn't who I am. And I think the book is called like drunk on confidence, unapologetically me. Now that doesn't mean that I'm like, yeah, fuck you assholes. Like this is, but it means I've had to reflect. I've had to sit in my shit and make peace with my past. And if I could go back and change those things, yes, a hundred percent I would, but I can't. And, you know, and so, what I can do is recreate a new future. And so I think part of the journey of becoming drunk on confidence and unleashing that inner confidence and that self-belief is we have to um, see ourselves and and the the dark parts of Mm. us as well. Mm. And, you know, I can't change what I did at high school or what I've said to someone in the past, the same kind of mean girls that have got going on in my own head. I'm sure us as girls, all girls school, there were times that we were like that. Um, So, you know, I did apologize in my book and I asked if, if you are reading it or you do know someone that feels like that they had a shit time with me that I really hope that they can get in touch with me. And I'd love Mm. to just be able to help them recreate a new future. Like I said, I can't change it, but just hear their story. Yeah. There's something quite courageous and brave about admitting the wrongdoings in the past. And I think it's something that we don't like to do as a culture anymore. We like to call people out, but um, maybe people are afraid to take ownership of mistakes because then there's sort of blame and and whatnot that, that it was their fault. But I think it is part of the healing process, not for the other person so much, but for yourself as well, is like mm. it is letting that go in the past, like righting the wrong. Um, you're not the person you were in the past and it's that age-old saying, hurting people hurt people. Yes. Like, I guess it's yeah. part of healing and, is, is and- restoring that. Oh, when I got that recent message, Tim, like I couldn't look at my son. Like, yeah. honestly, I fucking felt so much shame and anger. And like, why did I have to be mean to some people in my life? And, you yeah. know, I went through this whole thing of like, I tell Memphis every day to be kind to yeah. himself and to others. Yeah. And so I felt this shame of like, I'm not the person that you think I am little boy. Like, and mm. I went, I had to go through that. And then I had a beautiful healing session with my one-on-one mindset coach. And I had to release that because I, you know, I am not that person anymore. And I am truly sorry for Mm. any shit doing that I've done in my life, in my relationship with my mom, my dad, my brother, you know, people I went to school with, like my husband now, like I am genuinely sorry. And I'm trying to be a better person and create a better future for our kids and for everyone. And so Mm. I think 
I've had to reflect and that's been a massive, massive part of mm. my journey of becoming, you know, a, com- a more confident person. Yeah. I think like kindness is the key and it's, it's very counter to what um, we're told is that like we're, we're all in competition and, and this, this life that we live alongside other people's lives online, it's so much about comparison, isn't it? Oh. And especially, I guess, with social media and, and body image, we're bombarded with sort of yeah. digital messages of other people living their best lives or what you're told you need to buy in order to live yours. How much do you think living your life through comparison with others robs you of your joy? You call it comparison, Cassie, is yeah. the voice in your head. Um, and and you talk about also cleaning up your social media, like unfollowing people who aren't inspiring you, who are actually sabotaging your process. Like, do you want to talk a little bit about that, about a bit of a detox digitally mm. of, of of who we follow online and are we just comparing and competing with them? Well, look, I know that you unfollowed me, Tim. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because, you know, you went through your whole Kanye West phase where you didn't want to follow I didn't anyone. follow anyone, yeah. <laughs> but I actually, so for me, it really does rob you and I experienced that firsthand. So I, when I was working in radio, I was in, you know, left the BB house and I was in this job that I'd always wanted. This was my dream. I'd manifested being in Capital City Radio. I'd got this beautiful partner here in Perth and like that I'd met my Prince Charming and everything was fucking brilliant on paper. Our show was going well, but I could not stop comparing myself to one of my really good friends who I was also mentoring in the radio industry. She was in regional radio and I couldn't stop comparing myself to her. Every video she did, all my negative Nelly would come out, my self-loathing Sally, my not good enough, like, oh, my God. And so I went into this whole um, of I'm not doing enough. And so I was creating all these videos and trying to be this online YouTube person Mm. because that's what she had found success with and I thought she's going to take my job, like all these voices in my head and what I realized whenever I was going online it wasn't what she was posting actually what she was posting was perfect and you Mm. know the videos she was doing were great and funny and she's actually a really successful comedian to this day Mm. and you know and a huge online presence like it built her whole name and you know she's awesome and I love her but it was bringing out my negative And so what I realized, and I wasn't being present, I was trying, so I was never doing enough. And so I decided to do this experiment and I actually unfollowed a whole bunch of people. So also one of my things with body image was I always used to follow like accounts where they did before and afters Mm. thinking that it was inspiring me. Like, you know, before, like before they went on the diet and then after the diet, I've got like a 10 pack. And I, (laughs) I used to follow all these, you know, pages like this. But what I realized in those moments is I was always going like, oh, my God, you haven't reached your goal weight, Heidi. Oh, you need to go weight yourself. You need to do this. Oh, you need to eat less. You need to not drink so much. You need to. And what I realized in those moments was I was like, fuck, my voices are really loud when I'm on social media doing these things that I think are inspirational. And so I did, yeah, a whole detox. But then when I did the detox, I really experimented with it. So I did six weeks of not following these people, noticed how present I was, noticed how I felt when I jumped on social media. And then after that six weeks, I decided to follow them again and see how the voices got. And then I noticed which ones I was ready to keep following or if I just... 
that was enough. And, I, and it was hundreds of people, even friends, because like I said, it wasn't what they were posting. They were posting amazing things and like yeah. beautiful things for them and like, you know, inspire, inspirational things that made them happy or whatever. Yeah. But for me, it wasn't doing my self any yeah. like it was only harming myself and i think that's where we need to take responsibility you know yeah. and take ownership like we have a choice <laughs> yeah it's a lot about your mindset isn't it of when yeah. you come to it if, if you're coming with that negativity that sort of hate follow i've never really understood that like why would you follow anyone that you hate it's sort of like you're saying check yourself after scrolling are you filled with positive emotions or really negative ones? Because yeah. why would you want to actually, there must be something so weird that our brain does that's, that kind of squirts a little bit of dopamine that you feel better about your own life by hating on someone else's. But well, that doesn't, it's not sustainable, it's, is it? No, it's feeling it's it's, it's like, a mask. this is someone said to me the other day like you know hurt people hurt people so they're only going online and you know it must be really more about themselves and I said no some people are just assholes yeah. like I genuinely <laughs> believe that and I said to her like you know you, my cat next door is getting bullied by the next door neighbor cat like she's just an asshole like you know <laughs> what I mean and so I think that I that's how I am okay with like okay these people, some people will never change. They just are yeah. assholes. Yes, we could go back and look at how they were raised and this and that or, like, what's going on in their life. But I also think that sometimes we have to take responsibility. Like, for me, I've been a fucking asshole in my life, wow. you know? Yep. And so I have at times been an asshole to my partner. I've been an asshole to a girl that I went to school with when all of us girls didn't let her sit with us in the group or when I spoke up in the teacher's, you know, told me like, hey, Heidi, don't speak over that girl. And, you know, I have been an asshole. And I think just sometimes we just have to take responsibility for that too. That's mm. a, that's my rant for the day. No, yeah, I like that. Take responsibility for yourself. And I guess it's good because you're saying, I mean, you can um, go on a social media cleanse. You can do a detox of your body like you did. You, you stopped drinking for a short while. But I think what I'm struggling with in my life now is that you do all these things like that. Like you sort of, you create the demons outside of you and say, as long as I don't do that, I'm a good person. Or as long as mm. I do this, I, I'm a good person. I don't know. You ha it's, it's about a balance, isn't it? Because I mean, to walk us through your journey with, with your break from alcohol, Yeah. what you discovered, um, in, in not drinking what, what came out because I, I, I love that bit in your book. You talk about it being a double-edged sword that you were using to numb your anxiety, but it actually caused your anxiety as well. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like talking about what a crutch is. I guess that's what I'm getting at is yeah. you can get rid of all your crutches in life, but then you have to bloody learn to walk on your own. Yeah. And oh my God. A hundred percent. Crutches that... are good sometimes. You need a little bit of something like a bit oh. of alcohol helps you loosen up and, and, <laughs> and chat at the party, be the life of the party. But I guess where's the line here and how do you find the balance? Well, okay. So hubby's going through this exact thing at the moment because he drinks, he's been drinking too much and like relying yeah. on that, you know, in the week and stuff to like wind down and that kind of thing. Mm. So for me, you know, my whole podcast as well is called Champagne Confidence. My book's called Drunk on Confidence. My point is that we can have this confidence and unleash this inner champagne confidence without being drunk on yeah. champagne. But I only discovered that when I took time out from alcohol. 
and you know not everyone's there like hubby is a real struggle for him to be honest like he's being challenged a lot to to mm. give up alcohol for a short period of time like a week <laughs> but is he challenging people... himself or do you think he he feels it from you I, I, my partner's doing dry month <laughs> Sober, sober October, and we went away on holidays last week, and I was just like, "Oh, bloody need a drink! I cannot handle one more night." Just not. I mean, so I had a drink, he didn't, and it was just like not that fun. We actually drank on the weekend, and look, I'll be really honest. I've been so honest here today on the big mouth. Um, I smoked a dart on Saturday night, like, and I do have a cheeky dart every now and then. I'm definitely not addicted anymore. Like I used to smoke, especially after Big Brother. Fucking hell, I came out and got hooked on those darts afterwards because it was helping me with my anxiety for what I've only just kicked the vaping habit. Like, oh my god, you're a vapor. You used to be so clean. I know. (laughs) I know. This is like. The last of the things to go, and I, uh, uh, it's hard, isn't it? Because what's the line between addiction and then I don't know? It's that sort of social crutch thing, or, well, or like it, it helps you unwind, or, or. But I actually genuinely like having a few drinks with my friends and laughing, yeah. and I think again, it all comes back to like the mindset and the voices in our head. So say yeah. for me on the weekend, I had maybe like six vodkas between like two and five. I had a probably might have been a bit, Maybe they might have been a bit bigger than that. You had a bottle? <laughs> Jesus. Well, I don't know if Adam was pouring it out when I wasn't looking because the next morning <laughs> there was nothing left in the bottle. Well, I definitely didn't drink a this bottle. And, terrible. hey, no judgment. Yeah, no judgment. We're, just, we're shedding our shit. We're shedding our shit. But my thing was the reason why I took time off alcohol was because I noticed that I was using it. So I was coming home from the radio show and I was really in a place of lots of anxiety. The voices were really yeah. loud in my head and it was the only time they would quieten. Mm, and then mm. they would get really loud, obviously, the mm. next morning. Yes. So I challenged myself because I had all these nudges from the universe. I could, my intuition was telling me. I also got really sick um, mm. with gastritis and I kept having like incredible tummy pains and was vomiting. And yes. But it yep. was bubbles that was doing it, champagne. Wow. I love a champagne. But now yep. I can't drink more than a bottle, like whereas mm. I could drink like three bottles before and yeah. then I would get the gastritis. But I had all these signs from the universe telling me I needed to give up. And so I just... I just did it. I signed up for this group and I did, it was supposed to be only 90 days. And then I ended up doing, I think it was like four and a half months or five months or whatever. And then when I decided to drink again, I'd gone back to London where I was like snorting lines of cocaine in the past, uh, you know, popping pills, drinking 20 ciders on a weekend, banging all these boys. And I went back to London when I was sober, but I'd already decided that I think this is the weekend that I might have a couple of drinks. And when I had those two drinks, and I actually write about it in the book, I, yeah. do, I go back to a diary entry. My The voices got so loud and it was like, do I have a drink? Don't I have a drink? And it was just the way that I look at it is like Steve Jobs, right? When he was alive, yeah. he, he would wear the same outfit every day because yeah. he didn't want to battle the ego and the mind of like what to wear and waste <laughs> all this time and energy on what to wear. Yeah, oh, and I so like this that. is, so with the alcohol, I was the same. And like hubby's going through that at the moment. It's like, mm. oh, should I have these drinks today or shouldn't I? So I was wasting all this energy. Like, and I saw this in London because I was so so much clarity from not mm. having this foggy mindset and i was like wow i spend a lot of time thinking about 
drinking alcohol. And so anyway, I ended up having a few wines and I was so sick. Like I've only had four. <laughs> now I can, you know, like I said, I can smash four bottles if I, if I'm out on a Saturday night, like, you know, with my girlfriends, mm. but I only had four drinks. And I realized there in that moment, I was like, the battle for me is finding the balance as we yeah. talked about the harmony. Yeah. I actually can give up alcohol and I can really drink. Mm. And so like I'm extreme. And so the battle for me was finding this like harmony. And mm. so that was, that was my mission over the next few months. I didn't want to get blackout drunk. I didn't want to, because yeah. when I got blackout drunk, that's when the anxiety would get really loud. I would question myself for the next day, you know, waking up at all hours going like, should I have said that? Why did I say that? Like, mm. you know, and so I took my power back and yeah. in that moment. And so, yeah, it's definitely, that's how I found harmony by taking time off. And then again, becoming really aware of the thoughts in yeah. my mind. Yeah. Like you said, um, being present yeah. and being, being aware to sort of understand yourself and sometimes that's scary and that that is why we like to check out from yeah from going there but i guess it sounds like um like there's all these sort of quick fixes but we're all wanting this sort of like sustainable change in our lives like this sense of wellness that then keep going that that keeps going and and that there's this answer that if we if we do it this way we'll be fine do you think that exists Oh my God. Do you know what? This is so woo-woo and spiritual. What? <laughs> the answer is within you. <laughs> like I, you know, this is the thing, right. And what I've realized through all the people that I speak to on my podcast, Champagne Confidence, through the work that I've done over the last 10 years, yeah. we're searching for this validation on the outside, but yeah. everything is in, is within us. Like we already have confidence. We were fucking all confident mm. when we were kids mm. in all different areas. But then we lose it because of what someone says to us and the voice then gets really loud and gets the validation or whatever. Like yeah. we have all of these things within us, but um, we, you know, because of the external stuff, I think that's where we get lost. And so, mm. so many of the women that I'm, that I meet, they're looking for that quick fix to find yeah. confidence, even men, but ultimately it's within us. And that's yeah. what I now show people that they can find and unleash that because yeah. it's already in there. Like for me, I'm still working on getting, being confident as being a mom. Like, mm. honestly, it's a challenge sometimes and it's a real struggle with my little boy. And like, I've questioned myself a lot, but I know that within me, there's this confidence in, you know, of this woman that I am as a mother, but I'm getting clouded by all the voices and the noise of like what people tell you to do on social media, mm. you know, what your mum says or, you know, your partner or this or that. And that's when I'm getting clouded in my mind. And then when I, you know, when I really step into being present with him and like trusting myself, it all comes from within. Mm. Mm. So what do you do when you have a, have a slip up? Like when you kind of feel like you're going backwards, like you, you've signed up to a new yoga class or you're doing an online meditation course and you're killing it and you're sticking to your <laughs> diet. And then a few weeks in, it's just, I don't know, you have a blowout and it's just like, oh, fuck the hell, I can't. Are you back at rock bottom or? No. Yeah. Okay. Tell me like what? No. And this is the thing, isn't it? It's so crazy. It all comes back to kindness. What we spoke yeah. about, like being kind yeah. to ourselves and kind to others. And this is the huge healing journey that I've just been on for the last six months. Cause my thing was always that loud voice of like, that I'm not doing enough. The shame that would yeah. come up. See, I and told you, know you, you'd never make it. 
<laughs> Fuck, don't say that. Where were you falling? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually failed English at school and then now I'm writing a <laughs> You've fucking book. You've got a book. book. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. yeah, and so I really truly believe that it's like stepping into that fear and sometimes that fear mm. is loud because we have fucked up because mm. we have, you know, what we would deem as as being a fuck up, like we've, we've fallen off the wagon or whatever. Like I smoked a dart on the weekend and it was really me training my mind on Sunday morning when that voice got loud because yeah. she did. And she was like, yep. hi, you fucking had that cigarette again, you dickhead. Yeah. And yep. what about all those vodkas? And should you have said this to the girl? And then I was like, hey, 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 hey. I had a really great afternoon. Yes. Like, this is the conversation that I had with myself yesterday morning. Yep. And then I said to Griffo, the voices are really loud. Mm-hmm. I just need 10 minutes on my own. Like when we we're getting up, he went and got memph. And then I came back and he was like, how are you doing? And I'm like, we just had a cuddle. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like I just spoke myself, just spoke to myself kindly. Yes. Like, and this is the thing we don't, we take, like how would Memphis, what would, if Memphis woke up in the morning and he was talking to himself like that, what would I yeah. say as a mom? And it's, yeah. it's about us reparenting ourselves yeah. and nurturing ourselves. And that's so new to me because I've always yeah. been so mean to myself. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like, the pressure we put lovely. on ourselves. Like I, I really, this is where I'm at. I love it. This is exactly where I'm at because I tried doing the good thing. Like I thought <laughs> that I had to do this and it would all solve my And then I started like, and it, yeah, like I'll have a drink one weekend and then the voices will come and you're like, where are you now? You've thrown everything out the window. And, and it is that difference of just going, no, no. I had a good time. Nobody yeah. got hurt. Like it, it really is a weight off my shoulders, like this pressure cooker and mm. you just feel like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. I'm not a bad person. No. Like, I actually, it's okay to enjoy myself and I don't know. It's, I'm not living up to this standard that I've put on myself that I know I'll never meet anymore. Yeah. That's so powerful. Like that's so powerful because it's like who was putting that pressure on you? Like it's Mm. us, right? We are. Yeah, ourselves. It's it's ourselves. And like I said, and that's through all the voices that we have going Mm. on through the years of like, you know, like I said, media, stories, people, Mm. parents, parents. teachers, like producers. (laughs) So what do you do? What do you do to change that mindset? What do you do to do you say, shut up, Tim? (laughs) Or, no, because that's being mean. Yes. Okay. But also, do you externalize the voice? And listen to us talking about voices in our heads. But like like you said, like it's negative Nelly or. Yeah. Or, yeah. I literally and- now, it's just like, just, it's just a little conversation in your head. And this is the thing, yeah. like this is, this is what I think feels really uncomfortable for so many people mm. because they don't realize that actually that voice in our head isn't us. It's an us. When, but yep. we're so attached to that yep. voice because we've yep. had it for so long that when we start to challenge it, it might get actually really loud. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's probably why your voices get loud on the weekend or whatever, because yeah, yeah like it's, and, and so when yeah. we become really aware, then they get really loud and then it's kind of, the work like it's it's listening to podcasts like this it's like going to workshops it's going to actually I've got a workshop I'm coming and doing a free shed your shit event in Sydney oh wow cool okay beach so yeah oh I love that down at the beach yes okay so is this gonna be a get in your get in your undies and go for a run yes love that flapping about because tell us about these this is part of your movement you've been doing for a while encouraging 
women to embrace themselves and and yeah. strip down. And in your book, like there's pictures of you in the nudie. I was like, oh my god, that's my friend <laughs> Heidi. But I love that because yeah, that's that's part of your journey that you would have been petrified to do that. Oh, my God. I couldn't even get my arms out. So when I was the girl on radio 10 years ago, literally 10 years this year, who said I hated myself, I was wearing cardigans in summer wow, and yeah. board shorts to the beach if I ever was going to go. And so this whole concept and why I'm like it's stepping outside your comfort zone and going to workshops and how you will start mm. to make friends with these voices and, you know, and and find this harmony and friendship and all these different things is through Shed Your Shit, like events like that I do. And so it's it's kind of like you think about taking the clothes off is like the analogy of like stripping those stories off and, yeah. you know, the voices. And yep. so that's kind of like why it's you take your clothes off and you go in your bra and undies or your swimmers or whatever and then like the swim in the ocean is like the restart like the baptism you know yeah. of like fuck and because it worked for me it's like that's yep. why I go to the beach every single day and I just whether I'm in my bra and undies or whatever I don't fucking care if I, when I yep. want to go for a swim and it's just that reset that you sometimes yeah. need to feel like you're alive yeah and I, I just yep. had one here in Perth and it's a free event and they come down the women and they're scared so many of them come solo mm. and you know you can see that this is a huge step for them in stepping outside their comfort zone yep. and and then we did this beautiful meditation. We did eye gazing and, you know, people just see each other, into each other's souls and you just cry or yeah, like wow. happy, you know, smiles. And then we have like a photo shoot and the photo shoot actually started back in Bunbury as well. Like I, I was taking photos of the parts that I hated of myself. Okay, and yeah. this is about celebrating because they're just bodies. Like yeah. they're all different shapes and sizes and colors. Yeah. And, you know, some have dimples, some have tiger stripes. And, you know, it in this moment, it's a basically a big fat fuck you to society for telling us how we should be. Yeah. And it's about like accepting ourselves in the moment. Because the thing is, if you do want to change yourself and you do feel like maybe you do need to lose weight or do whatever, sometimes we have to start with accepting ourselves from where we are. And, mm. you know, and I'm big on like, when you accept yourself, that's when you show yourself love and kindness because that's what happened to me. And it's like finding your voice and yep. stepping into the fear and taking back your power. And that's one of the most beautiful things that I've seen women do in all different areas of their life. So they don't feel judged at the, you know, when they're down the park and they're on their phone, if another mum's judging them, it's like in that moment, we release all the shame that we've mm. had, like, you know, and I've had women now speaking up in the office in their, in their, with their relationship. So the clothes just signify, yeah. um, you know, the, the the layers that we carry in the stories that we have. And then in that moment, we're celebrating the beautiful parts of ourselves and like the creation of ourselves. And doing it all together as well. Like instead of that viewing each other's bodies from afar online with judgment, it's this celebration of community and belonging yes. and in your own skin. I love it. Yes. And you know what? People that come, they literally find their new best friend. That's, yeah, yeah. So many people do. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And there's this power of vulnerability and showing up for yourself and, um, and feeling, you know, just that you can actually start to like yourself. Amazing. You, yeah. Okay. Well, if anyone's listening and wants to get on board, what you're holding a shed your shit, um, in Sydney coming up. Yes. So on, 
November 19 at 5.45 a.m. And I'm doing it in collaboration with one of my girlfriends, Tori. So you better come, Timothy. I will definitely be there. Okay, how can people find you online? Your book, Drunk on Confidence, it's out next week, October 19th in box stores. Um, Give us your social media stats and stuff so people can... I kind of fucked up with my social media and didn't put my underscore at the end. I put it at the start. So it's at underscore Heidi (laughs) Anderson. (laughs) And then I went and got a sign made, as you can see here on the video. Um, And so I was like, can't change it now. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. All right. Well, Heidi, that has been, yeah, that was really lovely to chat with you. And I think it's great for everyone listening because we've, We've heard all these messages for how to help, how to do this, to help yourself, blah, 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 blah. But I love your message that it's within. It's really just about getting real with your own shit and yeah. starting to tell yourself a positive, loving, kind message instead of that other voice. Yeah. And then exposing yourself, putting yourself mm. out there, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And then the one thing that I'll finish with is like yeah. 1% changes. That's all you need to make every single day. By the end of the year, that's 365%. Wow. All right. <laughs> well, it's been a lovely chat, Heidi. Good luck with the book launch and everything. Fantastic. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, love ya. Love you. This is The Big Mouth with Tim Dormer. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on an episode and leave a comment. Give me a star rating. It all helps get The Big Mouth out there. You can follow me on socials at Tim Dormer and join The Big Mouth conversation. Hashtag The Big Mouth. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.